0: Welcome back to another wonderful edition of Canton Bound, our NFL side of things here at Campus to Canton. As always, I'm Austin, and this is Colin. And um, it seems like things are starting to to uh, wind down here with the COVID stuff. So you know, everyone's starting to get the vaccine. Things going back to normal. Um, I missed a bunch of concerts last year, which really, really kind of crushed me at the time. Um, so, Colin, if you had to pick like the perfect concert to go to. After we're allowed to go out and do stuff again, (laughs) um, what would you or who would you choose? You can it can be one band. It can be like four bands. You can't do a cop out and pick like a festival that has like 50 bands. Uh, All
1: right. Well, uh, so that's I mean, this might surprise some people a little bit, but maybe not overall. Uh, My genre of music is the I like like the pop punk, like uh, like early fallout boy, um, some Green Day in there. Uh, A little bit of Blink 182, but then also guys like Data Remember, All Time Low, some of that kind of stuff. So, my ideal thing would have been Warp Tour, uh, but I think they stopped doing that. And then with COVID, too, plus you said this is a cop out answer. Um, So, that makes it a little bit more difficult for me. Um, I'm still probably going to go with like an All Time Low concert just because they came out with a new album. Uh, here over COVID, I think it was back in August, I believe August or July, um, so they could play all that stuff. Plus, I love their old music too. So that would be my answer.
0: Yeah, you. I, I would choose Blink One Eighty Two in a heartbeat. Um, they're my favorite band ever. Well, them oh. and Third Eye Blind. They're my two favorite. Okay, by um, a pretty decent amount. Um, okay. Yeah, I like I, the thing is I've never seen Blink with Tom with that with Tom. Um, so. Yeah. If I had to choose one, it would be, I don't even care what the other XRs, if Tom was there for, <laughs> and there were like rumors there for a little bit that he was going to do another tour with them. So, um, okay. I don't know. I think Travis is, is dating a Kardashian now. So I don't know what, the, <laughs> that, that whole band is now cursed, but, yeah. um, in the meantime, you know, maybe if they could get one more show in before, uh, yeah, I'll drive, <laughs> I'll fly, I'll go wherever.
1: <laughs> well, you said you had some concerts that you missed out on, did you have tickets to any, or were like, you're going to get tickets to anything in particular? Yeah, we had
0: one. Uh, it was supposed to be here in Pittsburgh. I don't remember who it is now Now that you just asked me that. Kelsey had gone out and got the tickets. Oh, um, okay. But we had those. And then we had uh, tickets to a comedy show. Um, oh, nice. So was we've seen like? them a bunch of times. It's for the guys that do like crime and sports and small town murder. Oh, okay. Um, they're pretty. Yeah, they're pretty popular um, shows. We've seen them a couple times. And we always do like the backstage stuff to go and meet them. And I made them laugh one time. <laughs> yeah, pretty, pretty cool. I made the they, guys that make, make everybody laugh. else laugh laugh. So you
1: captivated the guy who captivated a hundred guys. So, exactly. I'm I'm know.
0: glad that that you dropped that that <laughs> office reference. Voice. Yeah, um, yeah. Definitely the highlight of my my adult life. Um, so. Let's hop into this. We're doing a Super Bowl edition, I guess, of the show here, which is not that surprising because most shows this week, Colin and I have been doing the circuit, you know, hitting up all the other shows together and uh, talked a little Super Bowl on that too. But today, uh, our Super Bowl coverage is going to be a little different, obviously, since we're a campus to Canton show. We wanted to discuss – I mean, we're going to talk the game a little bit, obviously. It's kind of impossible not to. But we also want to talk about kind of the value of a lot of the bigger names that are playing in this game, especially in campus to Canton leagues, and just go back and forth and kind of have a little chat about where we see some of these guys compared to maybe some of the – our top college guys. So that is our plan for today's show. Uh, but first we are going to just discuss the teams a little bit, and then we'll give a prediction at the end. So don't think that we just like forgot because we are not going to do it here at the very, very beginning. <laughs> we wanted to keep you guys waiting a little bit. Keep, keep your, you know, ears in, in the game here till the end,
1: you know, us. Um, we like a little bit of tease there.
0: Ex- exactly. <laughs> so um, tell I mean, what do you, what do you see Tampa
1: doing tomorrow? Colin? Uh, well, I mean, you kind of have to go back to their first matchup a little bit there when they played each other week 12 this year. Um, and in that one, uh, I think Kansas City jumped out to a big lead early. Um, I don't remember. I think it was like 17. It was like 10 nothing or 17 nothing jump out early. And I don't see that necessarily happening again. Uh, I think Tampa's going to come out hot. They're going to come out ready. Uh, you know, it'll probably be Tampa might even take the lead here early. Um, and then it might be Kansas city's turn to have to play catch up on this one. Um, but I mean, I would expect Tampa to do what Tampa kind of did all year and lean pretty heavily on their like three wide receiver sets, and then also focus, uh, pretty heavily on a guy like Rojo or Fournette on the ground. Um, you know, so I would anticipate them starting out that way, but I mean, these are these are the two teams with the most passing yards per game this year. So I think you can pretty safely assume this is going to be uh, a fireworks show.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think it's going to be lower scoring than other people do um, without getting too much into my, my end of the show prediction here. <laughs> um, Cause I see people saying it's going to be like 42 to 38 and stuff. And I was like, you do know that most Super Bowls they're kind of cagey affairs early. I don't think either team really wants to to f up too early uh, and, and kind of blow things. Have to play like, catch up the rest of the game, and I think these teams like they're they're people are underrating their defenses a little bit. I think. Um, I mean, obviously this isn't like a defensive show. We're not going to get that deep into that, but. I think, I mean, Tampa has that great pass rush and then they're solid on the back end. Although I know they have some guys out. I mean, is Winfield playing this week? I haven't looked and seen if he's been cleared or anything. I know he was, he was missing practice early in the week.
1: Um, I think they're expecting him to go still.
0: Yeah. And same with KC. I mean, I don't think they're, I mean, they have uh, Patrick Jones up front. They have, or Chris Chris Jones up front, not Patrick Jones. They have Chris Jones up front. They have a couple guys in the back that I like as well. You know, honey badger, Jerry Sneed. So I think people are definitely underselling the defenses a little bit. Um I think it's going to be what's the the over the over/under started at like 44 and a, or 54 and a half or something right
1: Yeah yeah it, it, the over/under was set fairly high for a Super Bowl
0: Yeah I think it's going to I I think it's under that I mean I don't know what the line's at now uh, I haven't really looked I'm not I usually I do prop bets on the Super Bowl like last year I put I put pretty much all my money on um juice check to score a touchdown and that hit that hit so <laughs> early Um so I'll probably do something like that again this year um uh, and i actually it, the, if i have to do like an, a kind of an obscure prop bet like that i'll probably put on one of the backup tight ends on kansas city to score oh, um because i like i i have some questions here with uh, with you know the a bunch of the offensive line of the chiefs out the chiefs like i think it is a little overblown the chiefs have the two weeks to prepare for that it's not like like Losing your your bookend tackles in the first quarter is a disaster. Losing them, you know, the weeks leading up to the game is obviously not great, but it is not on the same level as losing them in the first quarter would be. So I think the Chiefs are going to be prepared. I think they're going to move the pocket around. They're going to move Mahomes around. They're going to get the ball out of his hands early. I think that's going to be the game plan very early, which is why I think you're not going to see a lot of Tyreek Hill early on. At least not anything deep. You're going to see a lot of Travis Kelsey. You're going to see some you know running back type stuff. Try to neutralize whatever pass rush. And then as the game goes on, I think they'll open up a little bit, but I am, I am interested to see if they start, if they roll with some more two tight end sets, which is why I'm just probably going to put a couple bucks on one of those tight ends to score, because I literally had to look up who their backup tight ends are this year. I have zero idea. Um, and I looked it up and I didn't write it down and I've already forgotten the names. (laughs) That's how memorable they are, but you know, Tampa, probably not really game planning for the second tight end on the Chiefs. So, um, that that'll probably be a, a bet that I end up making, but I think it's going to come down to just how well Tampa can get home with four and then how well Kansas city can protect Mahomes.
1: Yeah, no, I think that's a, that's a really good point there about them trying to roll my homes out, like with the loss of the linemen. Um, so I do think you're going to see a lot of Ceh, Le'Veon Bell, um, you know, kind of, some stuff out of the backfield with them, let them do what they can do in the passing game. Uh, And then, I mean, with it being, it's supposed to rain earlier in the day there. um, And I think it's supposed to let up later on. So I don't think that's going to be a huge issue, but if it does rain into the later on then too, I think, you know, you're going to see even more of the running backs there in this one. Uh, But I I would expect the, the uh, bucks there to lean a little bit more on rojo and Fournette than they have in the past but i would still expect to see tampa have to kind of air it out uh, a little bit more with brady i mean they're gonna have to kind of rely on brady to to help win this thing for them i think just because that offense for kansas city is so difficult to stop that as good as the bucks defense is I think they're going to have a difficult time stopping. So it's going to come down to uh, Tampa uh, Tampa Bay and Tom Brady on offense there if they can keep up with the scoring.
0: Yeah, I don't – like when Kansas City comes to play, you don't try to stop them really. I mean, San Francisco – I think San Francisco's defense last year was better than this Tampa defense. And, yeah. and they put up 31 points on them last year. Now, um, Tom Brady is not going to make the same mistakes that Jimmy G made last year in that game. So that's obviously a little bit of a difference, but um, I just, yeah, I don't think you, like you don't go into a game with with Kansas City saying, we hope to contain them. If that's your strategy you've lost before you even went out for the coin flip, I think you really have to score with them. And so, I, I mean, it wouldn't, it, I do foresee both of these teams, like there's going to be a lot of passing attempts. Um, yeah. Especially if Kansas City scores early, because you can't, like, and that's the other thing. If, if Kansas City, like most teams, I know the, like the statistics say, to take the opening half, or the second half kickoff. If I'm if I'm Kansas City, I'd almost just rather have it because it, t- you would rather have teams start trying to score with you. Like that's yeah. that's what they want. Um, so they like they're almost like the one team that just says screw it and and takes that opening kickoff and and tries to get up early.
1: Yeah, I mean that's an interesting strategy there too. Um... You know I, I think that Tom Brady's also shown it off in the past though that that would worry me a little bit, you know, giving him the ball in the second half, you know, and giving them not necessarily an advantage in the second half, but letting him get the ball and letting him try to play comeback there because I mean he's done that in the past before. I mean, I know as well as anybody like that Falcons Super Bowl, you know that was a nightmare. So I wasn't planning uh, on bringing it up, so well, I, I feel like I had to. Uh, You just address it at least, but so I get where you're coming from where they, you know, Kansas city just wants to get out, get score early and, you know, make them try and score with them. But I would be hesitant to give Brady the ball in the second half, just knowing what he can do.
0: Yeah. um, Yeah. I pretty much agree with that. It's going to be a very interesting game. I'm looking forward to it. Um, Yeah. Like I said, we'll give, we'll give our predictions at the end of the show. Those are just kind of some of our thoughts, what we're going to be watching as the game goes on tomorrow. All right. So we have this pro value versus college value thing set up here. Um, and the first guy we have is Tyreek Hill. And I really like Tyreek Hill. I think that's goes without saying. Um, I really like this Casey offense and just like, so I've been playing dynasty for about six years now, I think is my longest running dynasty league. Um, and how long is the one where like the, the home league been together Colin? is this <laughs> our fifth year.
1: Uh yeah, this was one, that one's the fifth year for that okay. one.
0: And I had one league that I did the year before that. So six years mm-hmm. is the longest running one I have. In both of those leagues, I picked up Tyreek as a free agent like halfway through his rookie year. And in both of them, I drafted Patrick Mahomes as a rookie. So <laughs> I love both of them so much. And actually, it's in our league to acquire um uh, Mahomes fell to the mid second in that league, a super flex league. And I traded Tyreek for that for that pick. And the next pick, because my logic was, well, if this quarterback sucks, Tyreek probably isn't doing anything anyway. And if Patrick Mahomes is great, then, you know, then I
1: have a quarterback, and I'm not that upset about losing Tyreek. That was so a nice I, little insight into that. I, I don't think I knew that that was why you made that trade.
0: Yeah, yeah, that was the logic behind it. It was actually back to back picks. It was like the two seven yeah. and two eight or something this guy had, and so I traded Tyreek for both of them while he was on the clock, because um, I just couldn't let Mahomes slip any further than that. um so I, I really, really like both those guys. I mean, I've been on both of them for a very long time. Tyreek is my wide receiver one for dynasty. Um, oh, my, my rankings are not quite as solidified as yours probably are. Colin, I know you've been working through those lately, um, but I do know Tyreek. He's 26 years old. He's got a contract for two more years in Kansas city. We'll see if that ends up getting extended at any point here. I wouldn't be shocked if it does because of the cap situation with it going down this offseason. I think a lot of teams are going to try to extend those kind of guys. Um, Oh sorry, yeah, no, his contract goes through 2022. Yeah, so he yeah. has 2 years left. Dude, this the year stuff like Kelsey's contract is through 2025 and I was like that's so far away and then I was like actually that's that's it's not <laughs> not that far away when I was when I was looking stuff up for this. Um so I I mean I really like Tyreek. I give him a slight edge over DeVonte just cuz of the age and we know that he's going to be paired with Mahomes for a lot longer and I think his game is pretty well rounded. Um and he's, that and that offense is so explosive that he's he can put up 40 points at any time and that's just a thing that I want on my fantasy rosters talking value in a C2C, I think is very difficult. I don't think I would move Tyreek. Like he's one of those guys that I don't think you can really move for just college assets. Unless it's just like, you're giving me like Bijan, a George David Bell, George Pickett. Like you have to give me just like a shit ton of top guys for me to move a Tyreek Hill. Um so that uh, yeah like I I I didn't put a value on him in terms of what I would buy or sell him for. I would say like if I could sell him for a mm, like somewhere uh, another wide receiver that's in my top 10, like if I could sell him for Chris Godwin and a pretty solid college wide receiver or college running back or whatever, I would consider that, but he's just like I mean he's at the prime of his career and I can't I I can't see selling him and I, if I like, I, I'm not sure if I'd be willing to pay enough to buy him anywhere either. Like he's just, he's out there. And if I don't have him, I'm, I'm probably not getting him at this point.
1: Yeah. I mean, I pretty much agree with everything you said, word for word. I thought this was going to be one that, you know, we were going to have a little bit of a back and forth here on. Maybe Um, I actually, I have him as my wide receiver two, just behind Devante. I mean, I think that's, splitting hairs um so i mean you said about me having my wide receiver or my rankings solidified and i have every position on the pro side solidified uh, except for wide receiver right now it's still a i have an outline of it that i feel good about but it's still so difficult right now those top 15 or so guys are so close in the rankings that you know of one day i'll you know, have Chris Godwin at five and the next day, you know, he'll drop down to seven for me because, you know, I just watched something on or saw some stat on Justin Jefferson. And I, you know, I feel like I need to move him up now or, you know, so it's it's splitting hairs right now in that group. It's very difficult to kind of maneuver through that group. And, uh, you know, so I was expecting to, to ha- not hear you have him as high as I have him. You actually even have him higher. So that makes it definitely interesting. Uh, You know, I said, you said he's 26 prime of their career there. But another thing too, is they're losing a lot of targets on that offense for next year with their free agency situation. So his, he averaged nine targets a game this year. I don't see that going down, you know? Can it,
0: can it go up though? Like, I don't know how (laughs) much, how many more targets you can give him, but
1: right. So I don't necessarily think it's going to go up. Maybe up to like, you know, 9.5 average per game or something like that. But, you know, I, it's not going to, I would be surprised if it goes down. So I'm completely with you. There's like, he's a buy for me if you can get him. Um, you know, I, I wasn't quite, like I said, I wasn't quite expecting to hear you as high on him. I thought I was going to be higher on him than the majority of people. But, you know, so, so I, I was, had him as a buy, but hearing you talk about him, I don't know if, if you can buy him right now, you know, so I'm, I'm with you there with like, I wouldn't, there's not any wide receiver that I would want to, that I would give up Tyreek Hill for. There's not really any wide receiver in college right now that I would do that for one for one. I would need like a strong package of picks. So yeah, it kind of surprised me that we were on the same page there for this one, but, uh, moving into the next wide receiver on Kansas city, Miko Hardman. Uh, now, Michael Hardman, he's outside the top 30 for me right now. He's, a, he's in my wide receiver three tier. Um, right now, I have him at 32, but, you know, that could fluctuate a little bit there. Um, you know, he might drop to, you know, anywhere between 32, 35, I think, is probably where I'll end up having him. Um, and he's a buy for me right now, but he's a buy for the right price with the intent to sell later. So, like I mentioned with their free agency situation, he's going to be the only other wide receiver from this year that's on the roster next year besides Tyreek Hill. Now, you have Byron Pringle, who's an exclusive rights free agent, so they can pretty much bring him back if they want to. And they did sign Antonio Callaway. um, Yeah, somebody pointed that out to me on Twitter. I didn't realize that. But, you know, its I mean, that's just kind of a dart throw at this point with his career. So, I I would, you know, that either way, even if they bring both of those guys back, either you're looking at only four wide receivers on the whole roster because Demarcus Robbins is a free agent and Sammy Watkins is a free agent. So, I would expect probably both of those guys to leave. uh, Or, you know, maybe Demarcus Robbins signs for a veteran minimum to try and go get another ring or something like that. But I feel like he's probably tired of playing in everybody's shadow there and maybe wants to get out and show what he can actually do. Um, So, they'll, they'll add somebody you know, this off season, because uh, you can't just play with three or four wide receivers now in the league, you, you need at least like five, maybe six, just based on how many people are how many wide receivers everybody's playing in. I mean, they were in a three wide receiver set 72% of the time last year. So they have to bring in somebody. But with their cap issues, and they're losing a lot of other free agents, I don't think they're going to bring in a big money guy. You know, Maybe they draft somebody earlier in the draft. But you know, they're losing a lot of free agents. They're losing two starting linemen. They're losing two starting defensive linemen and the one backup on the, on the defensive line. Uh, Their one starting right corner is a free agent. Their uh, Daniel Sorensen, I believe, is going to be a free agent at safety. So they have a lot of holes that they're going to need to fill. So I don't know if they necessarily address one early. So all of that is to say that I think you're going to see Nicole Hardman's value shoot up this offseason. Once everybody starts to kind of realize that, oh, he's kind of the only guy left standing with a chair there, you know, if this was musical chairs. So I think when everybody else realizes that, they're going to look to acquire him. So I would look to get him now, like I said, with the intent to sell him later.
0: Yeah, I was trying to look at, as we're talking here, I'm looking at, because we know that Kansas City is going to draft beat a wide receiver if they draft another guy. So I'm just looking at like the, my list of wide receivers in this year's draft. And then obviously you have like a Jalen Waddle. I think we both agree with what you were just talking about. That's probably too early for him. They probably won't get him. You have Terrace Marshall, Deami Brown, Tutu Atwell, Dwayne Eskridge, Kadarius Tony, Tamori and Terry. There are a lot of very fast wide receivers in this year's class. I I was really hoping we'd have a combine because I think it would have been a really fun, year where a lot of guys could have probably ended up i mean i'm not saying like everyone's gonna run a sub four three or anything but I think yeah. it would have been a fun competition to yeah. see who were like the top three to five fastest guys at that position i guess i'm a lot lower on him than you are and it's not even like that i dislike him although i think that his hands are like really inconsistent like all those guys after tyreek and kelsey like there's also a reason why they both they combine for like 22 targets a game or whatever because there's you know some dropsy issues some fumble issues just you know you can't necessarily trust all these guys all the time i have hardman like without any sort of solidified rankings past you know 25 30 i don't know if i could put him any higher than like 45 mm-hmm. and i think okay. about like some of the guys i have around there like you think uh, would you rather have him or denzel mims
1: um denzel mims is actually kind of another guy that i'm looking to move off of right now because i think that. They're gonna bring. I think the Jets are gonna bring in a big money free agent wide receiver, and the reason I was interested in Mims before was because he was really the only guy on that team that I liked. So, like, I like Mims, but I think they're gonna bring in a bigger name guy. So I'm kind of out on Mims too. What about like a Chenault? Would you rather have Chenault or, yeah, Mm -hmm. absolutely, rather Um, a Hollywood Brown? I think those are those two guys are a very similar player. To be honest with you, I think you know I I don't love Hollywood Brown. I would take Hardman plus for Hollywood Brown, which I think is what you would get right now. What about
0: uh, so, some? So what about some of the veterans that like, like a Brandon Cooks or a, um, I guess. Like, I mean, I guess we're calling Corey Davis a veteran now. Like in that tier of guy that maybe you buy if you're making a push. You know,
1: like, would you rather have Hardman over those guys? No, I would rather have Cooks and Davis over Hardman. Um, like I said, I don't particularly love Hardman it's more like the situation that he's going to be going into that. I think his value is going to increase. And then I want to get out because I think Hardman's a little bit of a redundant asset there with, with Hill. They're very similar skill sets, but Hill's just way better. And I don't think Hardman's ever going to jump Hill. So then at that point, you know, what's Hardman's role in that offense? I don't really, I don't know. Well, so, I mean,
0: they kind of switch all those guys around really. I mean, other than Watkins. Um, yeah. I'm just waiting for them to draft like Jalen Darden in the seventh or something. And all of a sudden he becomes the hot guy and you know, Hardman's well,
1: all of a sudden yeah. worthless again. Yeah. I mean, I think that's what you're going to see is whatever wide receiver they draft. Cause I think they're going to draft one somewhere, whatever wide receiver they draft in this deep draft class is going to get a huge bump. Yeah. So like I said, that's why I would look to, if you're going to buy Hardman get out at like right around free agency, like right around when that kicks off or if you have him, I would be looking to get out at that time as well. Uh, I'm
0: I'm just looking at like my college players, and I'm like I'm down looking in like the 60s or 70s. Like I'd rather have you know I'm looking like the, uh, LV LV Bunkley Shelton. I have a wide receiver 58. I'd rather have Bunkley Shelton. I think uh, Shadrack Banks, your guy you were talking about a couple of weeks ago, I have him as wide receiver 66. I think I'd rather just flip the you know flip the coin and take Shadrack Banks and I hope for more development out of him than what we've seen out of Hardman. I don't know. That's I, I'm definitely not like I understand the argument about Hardman having potential for um you know more volume next year, but I think that's almost why I, I think he's more of a sell if you have him, because I think if if they draft somebody else, then the value just drops precipitously again. And um right it's just not a guy that like I really trust, I guess, to to do anything significant slash consistent. Like even if he becomes a wide receiver too on that team. Are you comfortable starting him every week? Have we been comfortable starting the wide receiver two on the Chiefs the past couple of years? Like, no, like Watkins will have his one random week where he puts up 50. But other than that, you're not starting any of those guys. You're starting Kelsey, Tyreek, and Mahomes from the and then like maybe a running back from that roster. And that's it. Like you don't want anybody else.
1: No, and I'm like I said, I'm totally with you there. So like having him at like wide receiver 32, 35 range, that the rookies aren't in there yet. Gotcha. Um, I haven't gotcha. put any, I haven't put any of them in there yet. So that, I mean, obviously that'll change some things there too. Um, but, and like I said, I, I think that he's a flip candidate. You buy him now, flip him later, which can get kind of dangerous, you know, cause yeah, that's know, a, that's a dangerous potato. game, friendo. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> You're playing hot potato and you got to find somebody who will be able to take it. Uh, but I think you'll be able to do that in this situation. Um, okay. But as far as college guys for him um, right now, I would probably give up a guy like Jake Smith from Texas, who has some name value, but isn't a guy that I particularly like that much. Um, or, you know, I have, I don't feel particularly strong about Mechie, um, so I might give up Mechie for Hardman now, and wow. then. Wow, oh, that's interesting. I, I don't like Mechie that much. I think he's going to get jumped in, in this depth chart or, or at least like maybe not jumped on the depth chart, but jumped in like uh, the, the hierarchy of, of targets there. Um, but, I, you know, so I would give up one of those guys now and then in hopes to when his value does spike, you know, maybe get a guy in the 2023 class that flashed and others might not have fully caught up on yet. A guy like Addison, or a guy like Josh Downs, um, who I know both of those guys are guys that you like, but I don't know if the rest of the, I don't know if the rest of the people are back up on them yet. I think that you're going to start to see their names circling this off season too. Probably right around when you start to see Hardman's name kind of pop up as a post hype sleeper for most people, like right around free agency time, and that's when you look to sell and hopefully get one of those two guys for him.
0: Yeah. Yeah, when I I think the the easiest way to kind of think about some of these trades before we, you know, move on here. What I usually think of is, and we'll probably do a whole show on this at some point. So maybe I shouldn't give away too much of the secret sauce, but mm-hmm. I think of how I would relate some of these guys to picks. Yes. And then I compare the picks to each other and think what would need to bridge that gap. Like that, especially between college and NFL. Like, so like say say I think that um Lonnie white jr. He's a guy I've been talking about a lot. Say, I think Lonnie white jr. Is a guy that should go in the third round of incoming freshman drafts. And I think Nicole Hardman is worth a mid third NFL draft. I compare how the value of what I think of those two picks. And then the difference is, you know what, you know, if I have to add, subtract anything from either of those sides. So, but a hardman's a guy. Yeah. Like without hard, we're not really, I don't want to talk about hardman anymore here to be honest. We've already <laughs> probably given him like five more minutes than he deserves, but he's like, I just don't know exactly what his, his value and picks is to be
1: able to do the quick comp in my head. Yeah. Yeah. I think like I said, he's, he's a guy whose values in flux right now. And that's kind of when I like to try to take advantage of guys overall. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like you said, we can move off a of Hardman now. Uh, we we gave him <laughs> we gave him a lot more time than we gave Tyree Hill, which probably yeah. should be the opposite way.
0: But yeah, well that's fine. Um, so Ceh is another guy we have here to talk about. Um, I have him as like my RB fifteen or so right now. Like I do think he is going to bounce back a little bit next year. And, um, oh, and just so, like, and we're both saying this, like, when we say RB15, we're only talking NFL guys. Like, this is right. not, you know, like, the NFL and the college guys are all on a big list, and then you just uh, out of the two of those. Because um, there are some guys in college I would, I would gladly give yes. over him. Yes, yes. But, um, like, I, I do think even if he never becomes a bell cow guy there with, with Kansas City, that I think there's a lot of value in being a rotational back there. Um, that being said, I do think he'll get every opportunity to be, Uh, to handle more of the touches there than anybody else probably will next year. Um, Especially like with the cap problems, like you were talking about earlier. And he's, I mean, he's a young guy too. Um, He is only 21 right now, I believe. So uh, obviously has, you know, at least three more years in that offense. And uh, you take a running back in the first round because you want to lock them in for that fifth year. So, I'm kind of just going off the assumption that as long as he doesn't just crap the bed the next couple years that he's going to be there for four more years with Tyreek, with Travis Kelsey, with Patrick Mahomes. There's a lot of value in that. Um, Value-wise versus college. This is actually one that I have a very difficult time with because I see his value just all over the map, to be honest. But I have to say, like if I look at my... My players, I think maybe so I have Will Shipley, the incoming freshman who's going to Clemson at RB18. I think that would be about my cutoff. Anything after that, I'd be willing to start trying to talk a deal. So that includes like I RB19, Zemir White, Jerome 4 to 20 uh evan Pryor also go or is going to ohio state i have him at 21 so like these are guys where now i'm going to start tossing them into a deal and i'll like i guess you might have to toss a little bit something more on top of that i just don't necessarily like i I wouldn't would not want to move will shipley one for one because i think he's going to tear it up at clemson the next couple years and
1: um his future in terms of nfl potential is is pretty bright um yeah so actually i have CEH ranked pretty closely to where you have him. Uh, He's my RB 17 right now. He's just behind Mixon and Zeke. He's just ahead of Eckler and Jacobs. Um, I think the biggest problem is, and it's a good problem to have, but right now is there's like a lot of really solid young running backs in the league right now. Um, I mean, I've obviously McCaffrey, Barkley, Kamara, Cook, one, two, three, four, but then you're looking at Swift, Taylor, Dobbins, Akers, you know, Miles Sanders is up there too. Antonio Gibson, James Robinson's up there. You got Nick Chubb. Um, you know, you have Derrick Henry, Aaron Jones. So I, all of those guys are are right are guys that I like more than Ceh. Um, you know, so while he's at RB seventeen, that may seem a little bit low. I do still like Ceh a lot. Yeah, you know, I think he can be very useful right now. So I think that's just kind of the way that the running back landscape is working right now is that it's a little bit deeper than we've seen in some past years. Um, but yeah, not not a
0: lot of like bell bell cows, but right. a lot of guys that you like. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. And and we mentioned Ceh before uh, on one of our shows here. Um, but he's a guy that I think it was our rookies who disappointed show. Yeah, yeah, I think that's when um, we talked about him. Yeah, um, and so I mentioned that he's. A cautious buy for me right now, because uh, you dropped that really good stat about the uh, the Kansas City Chiefs running back since Kareem Hunt, uh, which is was a really good episode there. If you haven't listened to that one, definitely go back and check that out. Uh, but so he's a cautious buy for me right now because I do think his value is suppressed a little bit. It's looked kind of in flux as well. Um, I was <laughs> I probably would give up uh, Eric Gray for for him. Um, I'm not as high on Eric Gray as you are. So if we're talking like one for ones, uh, I was gonna that's say I'm not the high him either,
0: but yeah, we did that topic a couple weeks yeah. ago. And yeah, you were lower <laughs> on him than me. So yeah.
1: So yeah, so that's probably where I'm at. Like if you're looking one for one, I'm probably in like that Eric Gray range. Uh, and then the next one uh would be Kelsey. There's the next guy we have on the list. And I mean, he's the he's the easy tight end one right now. Um, he put up 312 fantasy points in a traditional PPR, which would have been the wide receiver four. Uh, so, and it's even higher in TE premium. So, you know, he's a guy who his values at his peak, but I don't really see that value dropping he's only 31 years old. So he's not that old and a tight ends, um, which actually you just mentioned on the Debbie debate show, uh, this past week. You know, tight ends when they hit that like elite tier and like when they hit a certain age, they just kind of stick around for a while. Now, Tony Gonzalez played until he was 37, Antonio Gates played until he was 38, Jason Witten just retired at the age of 38. And then you're looking at guys like Vernon Davis, he retired at the age of 37. Jimmy Graham's uh, still
0: around and was like start a streamable yeah. some weeks last year, and that dude, I felt like we've been <laughs> talking about him being dead for years.
1: Do you, do you have access to my show notes here? Did I put those? Did I put how my notes? Have... <laughs> that was literally the next guy I was bringing oh, up.
0: Oh, <laughs> perfect. No, you just made me think of it. I was like,
1: how old is yeah. Jimmy
0: Graham? I, just, I had to look it up. I actually don't
1: know how old Jimmy Graham <laughs> Jimmy is. Graham is 34 years old and was the tight end 13 this year. That's we go. literally the next note I had on my sheet there. Um, but yeah, so like these guys, like they stick around for a while. So I think with, with Travis Kelsey, you have, you know, three to five more years probably 3 more years of elite production and then another 2 to 3 years beyond that of really of solid production of use, usable tight end production so you know i don't think his value is going to drop anytime soon so he is he's a hold for me but he's a sell if i'm not competing and the only reason i say that is just cuz his value can't get any higher in terms of tight end like it's it's at the top like he is the tight end that you want if you're a competitor and you your team is a tight end away you should be looking to go get him for you know short of selling the farm for him and if you're not competing you may as well sell him now while his value is that high but I would want an absolute haul for him back I uh, said so the only guy in co- in college the only tight end that i would want back in a deal for him like the only tight end at all that I would want back in a deal is Eric Gilbert
0: yeah, that's um, fair. Um, I think he's. I think he's actually like. I think you can get him ch- for cheaper than he probably should be, because I think people think that he's old, because um, he came in like the same. T- he's the same age as Gronk. Yeah, and I think people like Gronk. Gronk is like falling apart, sort of. I mean, he had that you know he kind of picked it up the second half of this year, but you know he had to retire for a year and and all that kind of stuff. So I think people look at a guy like Gronk and think that he's going to drop off soon. I think. I think he has a couple of years left. I really, really do. Um, The contract through 2025 is, I mean, we keep saying it about these guys, but he's tied to Mahomes. I mean, there is no better person to be tied to in all of the NFL right now than Patrick Mahomes because they're going to throw the ball a ton. And if you're open, Mahomes is going to find you. Shit, if you're not open, Mahomes (laughs) is probably going to find you he's just such a game breaking player. And that's why I think that his top now, you know, he doesn't spread the ball maybe around as much as um, some other quarterbacks do, but I don't care if anything, I like that more because it means that I know that pretty much every week, Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill are going to be good. I have a fantasy team that I have a dynasty team that literally is built around those three. I have all three of those guys. I did lose (laughs) in the finals this year because they shit the bed, but (laughs) they got me there and there were weeks where three of them combined would put up like 120 points, like (laughs) just absurd, absurd, absurd. So I like, I I think you can still buy him for a reasonable price. If I had Kyle Pitts, uh, like on a C2C team and, you know, obviously a lot of this is team composition dependent, but I would probably be comfortable moving him for Kelsey in some sort of a deal, because I think that we already know that Kelsey's, Probably gonna, you know, he's probably gonna be huge next year, you know, probably be huge the year after that. So it's something to think about. I don't know. I don't think Kyle Pitts, like, I like Kyle Pitts, don't get me wrong, but I don't think he's the sure thing that a lot of other people talk about him as. We've talked a lot on the show about how I would rather punt Kyle Pitts in the first round and take Pat Fryermuth or Brevin Jordan in the second because I think it's just much better value. And I don't think Kyle Pitts is going to get you
1: so much more than either of those other two guys will. Yeah, no, I'm I'm definitely with you there. I mean, I like Pitts, but, you know, and I think Pitts has a very nice ceiling, but what do you hope his ceiling is? You hope it's Travis Kelsey. Why would you give up Travis Kelsey, who you hope Pitts will turn into, for Kyle Pitts? I mean, granted, there's a 10-year difference between them, which is, that's a lot, but I, I don't think You can't think that far out in in when you're thinking like in a dynasty league or a C2C league. You know, the furthest you should be thinking out is five years. And even at that point, that's kind of a fool's errand at some point. But you know, we we've talked, we typically like to look at things in two, three year windows. I think a three years is, is a good window to look at something in. And in three years, I don't think anybody's gonna unseat Travis Kelsey as a tight end one. I just I don't see it. So yeah, I'm I am Absolutely with you there. That Pitts is a guy that I like and a guy that I'm interested in. But if I'm a competing team and I'm a tight end away, and I have my say, it's a let's say I'm a 110 this year, and I don't know if and I think that's about where he went in our mock draft. Um, so I think that's probably a little bit lower than what you'll see him go in some, depending on if it's tight end premium. But if he's on the board at the 110 and I can move the 110 and get Travis Kelsey. Move the 110 and, you know, throw in somebody like a Brandon Cooks or something like that and get Travis Kelsey. I'm absolutely going to do it. But I wouldn't, I would need more than that if I had Kelsey for sure. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think that's about what I paid for him in the league I went out and got him in last offseason. The one that I have, the, the, you know, the trio of them. Mm-hmm. I, um, I traded my first, my 2021 first way, which ended up being the 111. So close mm-hmm. to that. And, um, Trade away another receiver, but then I got back the, t- the this guy's first or the second, which was the two hundred one and Travis Kelsey. So okay. I mean, I've, I've comparable trade wise there, um, and I think that's some solid value. Um, yeah, I, I was supposed to have Godwin, but <laughs> we'll let you have him since you're a Penn State fan. If there was a guy <laughs> from Pitt that was worth a crap in the NFL, we'd probably let me have him. But you know, Larry here Fitz. We here we are. So <laughs> you just retired.
1: <laughs> so i mean this is the point we have reached yeah. um yeah so i mean Godwin's obviously godwin has been one of my guys for a while um even when he was coming out in uh out of college he was a guy that i was extremely interested in uh you know i have him in a couple different places and you know he's a guy that i think his value down right now you know i have him as a top 10 wide receiver You know, probably going to be right around the five to five, six, seven mark for me when I finally do solidify these, because like I mentioned before, this, the top 15 guys are just so tough for me to rank right now, but you know, I'll probably end up with him five, six, seven range, but you know, he is only a year removed from being the wide receiver two behind Michael Thomas's insane year last year, you know, and he was a wide receiver 15 in points per game this year in a pretty crowded wide receiver room with, uh, Evans and Antonio Brown there. And he was battling injuries all year. Um, so, you know, but he, he still showed the ability to be productive on a per game basis. And then he's a free agent too. So he can kind of choose his landing spot. You know, he's versatile enough to succeed in pretty much any offense, but I think ultimately he's going to end up staying in Tampa. And I think Antonio Brown is going to be the one who leaves. Uh, cause I mean, Antonio Brown's issues that he's had this past year, you know, he, he played well on the field. He got on the field. So I think those issues are going to be far enough out of people's memory that another team is going to take a chance on him. And I think he's going to get more money somewhere else besides Tampa. Cause they have some free agents that they really need to lock up on the defensive side of the ball. So I think that you're going to see Antonio Brown leave. And I think that they're going to bring in Godwin. Um, just because of the monetary value, there's just going to be way better to invest in Godwin, who's significantly younger. Um, I think he's 24 right now, 23, 24.
0: Godwin, um, I, thought he was, I think he's 25, right? So we said the other night when we talked about him on. Oh, he's 24
1: you're right? He will 24. be. He'll
0: be 25 this month. So
1: okay, yeah, so, yeah, <clears throat> gotcha. Yeah, I, was, I thought he was like 20, 24, but um, yeah. So either way, he's significantly younger than Antonio Brown, who's 32. Um, And you can just monetarily would be a better investment to invest in Godwin, who fits exactly what Brady wants in a receiver. Um, So I think that he's going to end up ultimately staying, which that is going to turn him into an absolute screaming buy for me. You know, his value is dropped, you know, for, you know, like the reasons I mentioned before. And then there's a lot of the hot new names that you have, Justin Jefferson, T Higgins, CD lamb, who people are more excited about than Godwin. And you can I think you can go out and get Godwin for pretty cheap right now. And I think he's going to bounce back and have a, you know, he's already shown he can be a top two wide fantasy wide receiver. I think he's going to bounce back, be another top 10 wide receiver finish next year as well.
0: Yeah, I have him as my wide receiver eight right now. Um, and I kind of want to move him higher, but I don't, it's the guys I have in front of them in like really no particular order here. I have Devonte Adams, Tyreek, CD Lamb. Justin Jefferson, AJ Brown, uh, Diggs, and DK. So I think you could probably rearrange a couple of those guys around, depending you know, depending on some small things. But I, I'm pretty consistent that that's probably my top eight. Um, I actually kind of think the opposite is you though. I though I think he's going to leave. I don't know if Tampa can afford to pay him with some of the other stuff they got going on there. And I think AB for all of the well, – so a B I think comes back, but I don't know how much money he gets, but I think they're going to unleash Tyler Johnson a little bit next year. Um, yeah, he's, he's shown decently enough. And I think with his second year in the league that he gets a little bit more of a role. So I do think that Godwin just kind of is the victim of being squeezed out. I'm very interested to see where he lands next year. Um, What, in terms of value, as related to the college side of things, do you have, I know we we talked about what, between him and Pickens the other night on Debbie Debate.
1: Yeah, and I took Pickens, or I took Godwin. And we also, I think, discussed Bell versus Godwin too, and I took Godwin as well. So, you know, Bell's my wide receiver one for the 2022 class, Um, so there isn't a wide receiver in college that I would take for Godwin straight up one for one. I value Godwin just way more than any college wide receiver there. Um, So, you know, I I would give up if I, if somebody was willing to give me Godwin for Pickens or Godwin for bell, I would do that in a heartbeat. And that, you know, like I said on the show, on the Debbie debate show the other day, like with, with giving up Pickens for Godwin, that could make me look dumb in two years because Pickens does have a very high ceiling, but you know, I don't think Pickens is going to put up a ton of numbers next year. He's going to have ni- He's going to have a nice year, but he's not going to be, you know, probably won't be a top 10 fantasy college receiver next year uh, just because all the other talent they have on that offense and all of the other high-flying passing offenses that they have out there right now. So you're not going to get a ton of production on the college side for him. So you're kind of more waiting on him being on the pro side, I think. So uh, with that in mind, I'm still taking Godwin.
0: Yeah. I would take him over every college receiver too. Um, I don't think that's that bold of a conversation. And I do think he is like the cutoff where like he, like probably after him, then you start looking at like Michael Thomas, Deandre Hopkins, like some of those guys in that tier. And I think for those guys, I, I picked Pickens over Thomas the other night on Debbie debate. I'm pretty sure if I remember correctly. Yeah,
1: I believe so. Um,
0: it was, a, it's very, very close. Like I just kind of agonized over it a little bit. Um, and I think that that is like the cutoff between Godwin and then whoever else, um, in terms of making that kind of a decision. But um, yeah. So the next guy we have here is uh, Mike Evans. Yeah. I lost my spot. Yeah. It's Mike (laughs) Evans. Um, He's right around wide receiver 24 for me. And I know what you're thinking because I do like him. I play one redraft league a year and I almost always end up with Mike Evans. (laughs) Because he like he goes later than you want, like like, later than he should, because he puts up a thousand yards and, you know, eight to 12 touchdowns every year. He just does pretty much money (laughs) on that. But he is getting a little bit older. He's 27 years old now. And uh, beyond that, just I'm not sure his skill set is the kind of skill set that ages that quickly. I mean, Vincent Jackson went from like a wide receiver one to like out of the league in a two year span. It just doesn't always age that well. Um, and beyond that, we also don't know how much longer Tom Brady's there. So there's less certainty with some of these other guys where you know who the quarterback is going to be with them for the next couple years. So there's kind of that combination of things has me fading Mike Evans a little bit in Dynasty in terms of a startup. If you're looking to push for a ship, I think he's a great guy to go by. But like I like I'm just looking at the list of receivers here. You know, you got like a DJ Moore, Calvin Ridley, Terry McLaurin, Amari Cooper. I'd rather have Keenan Allen. I think he ages better. I'd rather have Allen Robinson. I think he's going to age better. I'd rather have Juju Smith-Schuster personally. He's much younger. I'd rather have T. Higgins. Like these are some of the guys. Robert Woods. I think I would rather have because he's tied to Stafford now, and I like Stafford. So, like, it, the wide receiver twenty-four seems a little crazy. And as I was counting through my guys, I was like. You know, holy crap! Like I can't believe like exactly <laughs> slow, but he is, and and I and I probably would factor in some of the rookies there too. You know, I'd probably take a Jamar Chase over him. I'd probably take a Rondell Moore over him. Um, after those two guys, uh, Waddles probably close. Waddles right around that range, um, and then I would take him straight up over any other rookie receiver this year. I'm pretty sure.
1: Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, I think I would probably rather waddle chase more over him um but then after that uh, i think i would rather him over any of the other guys there um i have him clocked in as right around wide receiver 15 um i think he'll probably finish in 15 17 ish i mean he hasn't had less than a thousand yards any season in the pros you know every single season since his rookie year he's had a th- over a thousand yards and over a hundred targets and i don't necessarily think that changes next year um you know i think he's still going to be over 100 targets over a thousand yards he had 13 touchdowns this year which seems maybe a little bit high you know might that might drop back down to around 10 or so but either way you know i think you know he's still going to be a very productive wide receiver he was a wide receiver 11 overall this year um that drops to wide receiver 16 when you look at points per game but he's also the only wide receiver who's guaranteed to be back with brady next year which i think is you know that's definitely something to say for that because while his skill set doesn't fit with Brady's skill set at this point, like it's not a perfect mesh. I think he still can be very productive with Tom Brady next year. I think Brady will probably have two years left, I think. So you're looking at Mike Evans for two years. Then he's looking at 29, you know, years old where he's still probably going to be productive with another quarterback. I think The, the,
0: the thing is once he hits that point, I feel like he's almost immovable. Like if you don't move him now, you just never get it. You just, you're riding him into the sunset.
1: Yeah. Well, I do have him listed as a sell, uh, as well. So I, I agree with you there. Like, you know, you're, he's going to be the kind of guy like with Julio Jones right now, like you can't move Julio Jones for, for anything of value of of substantial value. You know, you're not going to get what's his, the type of fantasy season that he could produce next year. You're not going to get the value for that. And I think that's kind of the trajectory that Evans is going to be on as well, where it's going to hit a point where he's still going to be productive. You know, I think he'll still be a thousand yard receiver, ten touchdown kind of a guy in two, three years. But you know, now you're starting to look at him dropping off, and he's going to be a lot harder to get rid of. So I'm with you that he is a move right now. Um, I think it's a little bit more team dependent because if I'm looking to to make a run at the championship next year, probably going to hang on to him. Um, but I think if I'm going to sell him, I'm going to wait until after free agency. Cause so I don't think his value is going to drop at all based on the way free agency shakes out. But if one or both of Godwin and AB leave, his value is going to go up. So, you know, I would probably wait a little bit and then sell him. Um, I'm, probably looking at a guy like uh, a Traylon Burks or Drake London for him. That's probably where I would have him right around. That's what I'd be looking to get back if I'm moving him.
0: Yeah. I like, I, I just always, I know everybody does this, but I, I, he's v- very, basically Vincent Jackson. Like yeah. they're very, very similar players. I mean, obviously I know Jackson wasn't quite the prospect that Evans was. Evans was a top 10 pick. Jackson went late second round, but that's still a, you know, a pretty premium pick. That's not, he wasn't a seventh round guy. And I just look at Vincent Jackson's stats, and uh, Jackson really kind of broke out his fourth year in the league. He, he That year, he put up 59 catches, 1,100 yards, and seven touchdowns. And then he pretty much just kind of rolled through the league after that through um, – that was 2008. He was great through 2014 in Tampa. And that year, he put up 70 catches, 1,000 yards, two touchdowns. And then 2015 rolls around. He only plays 10 games and he has 30 catches for 500 yards. And then here after that, he plays five games and he has like 15 catches, no touchdowns. And then he's gone. That was just it. So I just think, you know, as, as Dwight says at one point that that to somebody says the old age swiftly and poorly on the office. And that's just kind (laughs) of what I see Mike Evans doing. He's going to age swiftly and poorly. Um, and I would rather like I, he's not on the same class as Julio for me. Like Julio is a guy that I'm willing to ride into the sunset, you know. He can retire on my roster as long as I'm not just, you know, like if I'm rebuilding, obviously I'll sell him for whatever. But he's a guy I think on a lot of places I'm just gonna, you know, Julio's gonna die on my roster, and that's fine with that. Um, I'm not necessarily sure I want to do that with Evans, especially because he is starting to get a little more banged up as the years like he, you know, like Vincent Jackson did where you start talking about some ankle injuries and you know we had the one late this year and that stuff just kind of adds up for those bigger guys you know it's it's not quite as friendly on them as as some of the smaller players that maybe play a little bit longer and withstand some of that beating a little bit better
1: yeah no, i'm i'm definitely with you there i definitely understand that one where you're coming from with that and i think we're mostly in lockstep there but i just i think you having him at wide receiver twenty four surprised me a little bit. Um, I, feel, I think still think he has a little bit more value than that, but you know I, th- I think he's still a sell. I think he's not the guy that you want to ride off into the sunset for, like you said.
0: Yeah. Um, so, AB is definitely a wild card. Um, do you have AB ranked?
1: Uh, I do. He's right around like wide receiver forty five for me. And I mean, that's a lot of that is based on what, his, what he's done in the past To I mean, you know, I don't really, he's shown he can still be productive this year. He's a wide receiver 24 on points per game, but he's 32 years old. He has the off the field issues. You don't really know where he's going next year because I think he has rehabbed his value in the eyes of the NFL enough that he can get a contract from somebody next year. So I think he's going to be in the league. But I don't necessarily know how long I trust him to be in the league for. I don't know necessarily how long he's going to be able to be productive at at like a wide receiver 24 points per game type of a basis. Um, So I I don't really know how much, how interested I am in Antonio Brown. I I have him listed as sell, sell, sell in all caps three times because I don't think his value is going to get any higher for the rest of his career than it is right now. And it's not that high right now. So so I would definitely move to move him.
0: I bought him in one league last year where I was making a push um, and lost in the championship game with him in our league, actually. Um, I don't have him ranked because I don't care about him. (laughs) Like, he's a guy that I'm not even really... Like, he shouldn't be starting for you. If he's starting for you, your team is crap. And at that point, you should have been moved him last year anyway at least not regularly, you know, if a bunch of your roster goes down, then yeah, maybe um, you shouldn't be any more than like the wide receiver four or five on a team, in my opinion. And at that point, like I'm not thinking about him until week nine or 10 next year. And then I'm trying to just bulk up my bench for making a push. Like I did that in that league where I went out and got him and I got Brandon cooks because I just was a little worried about, you know, guys going down late in the year. Um, So I just, I don't have him ranked and I don't, care to even try to guess where I would rank him because I just don't care. Um, looking at college guys, I mean, I think you could get him pretty cheap. Um, yeah. I don't think you would need to give up that much. You know, you may be like an upside guy that just has never done anything yet. Like a um, like a Jalen Hyatt maybe or um, an Arian Smith. Like a guy like that that like was pretty heralded, maybe a Mookie Cooper that has gone to, but then there's still young in college and just hasn't done anything. Um, You're mitigating a little bit of your risk there in terms of those guys ever doing anything.
1: Okay. Yeah. I mean, I had some of the guys that I was looking at for him would be if I'm selling him guys, I'm looking to get back would be like a Chris Ottman bell uh, out of Minnesota Um, or maybe a Jalen Robinson at a UCF. Um, You know, I don't, I don't know what the the industry's view on him is yet i haven't really seen anybody talk about him but i mean we talked about him on a show previously and he put up some monster numbers this year and i think he he can do that again next year in the ucf offense as well especially without marvin marlon williams Uh, so i mean he's definitely a guy i would be willing to take back for antonio brown if i'm moving him Um, and i have like the lowest type of a guy that i would take for back from him would be calvin austin the third from memphis I think that's like if you offered me him straight up and I'm not like I'm not a team that's like right on the edge of a championship. I'm not like an Antonio Brown week 13 breakout week 14 breakout game away from, you know, having a really dominant team. I probably would move him for Calvin Austin the third.
0: Interesting. Yeah, that should be a good offense next year. So if you're pushing for college side.
1: um, Right. Right, that's years. right. That's that's something else I was taking into consideration there. As I do expect Memphis's passing offense to to not really skip a beat next year with Grant Gannell coming in. Yeah, yeah, might even be same or better to be honest. Yeah. Um,
0: so we have the two Tampa running backs here next, and I figure we could kind of just morph them into one. Yeah player for this discussion because these are two guys again so i think i i think i strategize with running back a little differently than some people do maybe not though in the sense that if i get a ronald jones i would immediately want to trade him like pair him with a like a receiver to get a better running back like i don't want ronald Joneses on my roster they're basically roster cloggers i'm not And the same with Leonard Fournette. Like they're the same kind of guy that I just don't really care to have either of them on a roster at this point. I wouldn't put any of them higher than like RB twenty-five. And to be honest, for for (laughs) Fournette, I probably wouldn't put him any better than RB thirty or so. Like I, I just don't like that's like a you know maybe a flex type guy. And I don't play like I think the unless you have just a ton of stud running backs on your team, I don't see a lot of teams across my leagues that start more than two running backs a week. yeah Yeah, most most of the time because most formats now are some sort of point per reception whether it's 0.5 or full or tiered or whatever so you're the upside is generally better with a wide receiver so if i don't have a top 24 running back or you know even that's probably even a little conservative like a top 20 running back then i don't want to pick any of
1: those other guys up yeah no so i'm i'm laughing here because that's pretty much again word for word with like what I have on my show sheet here. I I have Ronald Jones as the RB25 uh, just behind Melvin Gordon and Chris Carson and he's right ahead of Leonard Fournette, who's at RB26 and Naheem Hines and Miles Gaskin. So that's right around where I have him. And I you know, I'm 100% with you on not liking to roster those types of guys. Like I try to avoid rostering guys that are in the back end of the rb2 top end rb3 cluster because that's not a cluster that they don't typically gain a lot of value they typically just lose value so my approach at running back is i either want a high-end guy or you know so i want a guy that's even higher end than ceh we were talking about before so i want a guy at least one guy that i have in my top 10 i want another guy that i have in my top 15 so I want two of those guys. And if I can't do that, I want one of those guys. And then I just want a handful of cheap dart throw type options, um, you know, where you, like if you had Naheem Hines and Miles Gaskin, you know, in that cheap, you know, cluster of guys, you know, they just, they, their value rose pretty significantly this year. And now they're into that tier of group where of guys where you can now sell them. This was exactly what I would be looking to do. So, anytime somebody hits that back end RB2, top end RB3 type of a cluster, I'm typically looking to churn those guys. You know, I mentioned on the last show, I, I like to churn my roster a lot. So, those are the type, those are the exact type of guys that I would be looking to move.
0: How do you view uh, Fournette? Because it's, not, it's so it seems like I'm, I'm curious to see where you have AJ Dillon now, because I think I would rather have Dillon than either of those guys. I think the upside is better with Dillon. We've seen what those other guys are. And we have yeah. not really seen what Dylan is. I'd rather take a chance on Dylan.
1: Yeah, I have I have AJ Dylan as my RB thirty, so he's okay. right there with them. I think the biggest thing is for me is how that free agency is going to shake out. If Aaron Jones leaves in free agency, Dylan obviously climbs pretty significantly. Uh, if Leonard Fournette leaves uh, Tampa in free agency, Rojo, you know, I think that's a pretty solid ranking there for him. He may even climb up a spot or two depending on where Fournette goes, he could rise in a little bit in free agency or he could drop after free agency. So that's here, right. There's a little bit in flux, but you know, in purely in a vacuum. Yeah. I, I understand wanting Dylan over those two guys. Yeah.
0: I think that's probably all the time that I would want to, um, <laughs> to give to those two guys. To be honest, <laughs> I, I actually really like Fournette. Um, he won me a championship a couple years ago. Um, so I, I will appreciate um, what he did for me in that regard, but I think his time is mostly past at this point. Yeah. Um, our last guy here is Brady. Um, so just yeah, bring us home on on Brady.
1: Uh, right uh, yeah. So right now uh, I had to have Brady as my QB twenty-one, um, just behind Kirk Cousins, Daniel Jones, and just ahead of Sam Darnold and Big Ben. So I mean we mentioned before where, you know, I'm, I'm lower on Darnold than than you are for sure. Uh, I have him behind Cousins and Daniel Jones because I think those guys, while they're not great quarterbacks, I think they're going to have enough fantasy value over the next two, three years, four years that they're still going to be a starter in the league, potentially. Daniel Jones, maybe not, depending on how New York Giants go, but Yeah. Daniel Jones is like QB eighty for me,
0: man. He just sucks. I can't see him staying in the league for more than like another year or two. He's terrible. I'm sorry. Giants fans. (laughs) He's terrible. He's terrible.
1: Yeah. Well, you're really at an insult to injury there. You're going to talk up Tom Brady. I'm going to talk up Tom Brady a little bit and then you're going to just trash Aaron or Daniel Jones. So that's going to really upset Giants fans. Um, But now, I mean, I think Tom Brady, like you said, I haven't played QB twenty-one because I think he still, still has about two years left. I mean, he said he's going to play until he's forty-five. Don't necessarily know if if he goes that far, but I mean, he's what forty-two right now or forty-three? Forty-two.
0: That sounds right. Um, so maybe have, he hits forty-five. I haven't been watching any of the um, like coverage of the game this week. Oh, he's forty-three. Forty-three. Okay. okay. Um, so I'm yeah, sure that, I'm sure every up. every segment they do on him, they bring that number up. I
1: just yeah. Yeah, exactly. I haven't really watched because I don't have cable. So I don't really watch ESPN a ton. Um, but no, I mean it's a, he's a solid player, you know. I think he's a guy that if you're you know looking to make a push for a championship, you can get him pretty cheap as a QB two option and, and be productive there. But overall he's he's a sell for me. Um, just because you know, he, he's still has some name value, but I don't think he has a ton of time left in the league. Um you know, and I would be looking for a guy, uh, you know, with some solid college production and then maybe somewhat decent pro prospects. Um, the guy I have written down here is Grant Wells from Marshall. I was going to um, ask you about Grant Gannell. So oh, we both and, uh, uh, yeah, I thought you said
0: Grant, and I was like, no
1: way, we have the same guy that I'm going <laughs> to ask <hear> you about. <laughs> um, yeah. So I said, I said Grant Wells from Marshall, which. Uh, actually let me correct a mistake here that I made on a previous show when I was talking about Sam Darnold. Uh, I was going back and listening through some of our shows here this past week for a a project that we're working on here. But uh, the Darnold show, and I heard it this week and I was like, oh, I messed that up. I said the QB, the freshman QB for Tulane when I was referring to Grant Marshall or Grant Wells from Marshall. But so let me just correct that one here now. But that's the type of prospect that I'd be looking to get right in that tier.
0: Yeah, I think um because I have Wells. Um let me look here now to see where I have him in relation to Gnell. It's a very interesting question. So I have Grant <laughs> Gunnell as my QB13 for Devi. Um mm-hmm. and I have Wells uh 21. Uh, ah, okay. That seems a little low though. Hmm, interesting. I'm, I'm gonna have to look at that um i don't know there's just like a huge blob of quarterbacks there after the top in my opinion after the top nine it's just like a bunch of guys that like any of them could break out next year like you have mertz strong mccall gunnell dylan gabriel brock purdy jt daniels desmond ritter phil jerkovich like there's just i mean it's just kind of a big amorphous blob um (laughs) uh, one or two of those guys is going to be good i just have no idea who it's going to be so i'll just try to get it (laughs) random selection of them across all my leagues and um see how that goes yeah but
1: and I, yeah I as you brought up grant Canell, I, I have grant wells as my qb12 and grant Canell is my qb14 so like okay. right there so,
0: yeah um i i have brady probably listed pretty close to where you have them um i think you're underselling my guy cousins a little bit <laughs> um and yeah, Daniel Jones, I I don't, I refuse to talk about Daniel Jones. He sucks. <laughs> I'm not breaking him down. He, he just sucks. <laughs> that's all I'm going
1: to say about him. Well, um, the reason uh, I have Cousins um, like at 19 there is because I, I mean, I do have to potentially adjust with golf's uh, situation, although I had Goff at QB 17, so he may drop a spot or two, but I have Derek Carr right there too. So I think that's right where Kirk Cousins deserves to be right in that tier with golf car that's probably fair um
0: yeah so that i think that's the last guy we had to talk about yeah. there um so the moment everybody's been waiting for our predictions colin do you want to go first
1: sure yeah i mean i can definitely go first here we talked a little bit about this on uh Debbie debate this week as well uh i said i thought kansas city was going to win on that and i'm going to stick that here Uh, I mean, Kansas city is just, it's tough to stop that offense for a full game, you know? So, and I, as much respect as I have for Tampa's defense, don't necessarily know if they can do that. Um, we mentioned they have, they are going to have to overcome the loss of those offensive lineman guys, but I think that's something that they've had enough time that they can do. So I think, uh, yeah, I'm going to stick with Kansas city here. I did say before 37, 31 is the score, but as I'm thinking about it, that's, that's a tough score to hit. That's weird. Those are weird numbers. It was just off the top of my head. So I'm going to tweak that a little bit and I'm going to say 35 to 30. 35 30.
0: 30. Um, yeah. I picked KC the other day as well, and I'm going to continue to do that. And I said 31, 21 and not even realizing that's almost exactly the same score as last year. Um, but I think that's about, you know, I think the two teams are going to combine for about 50 points. And I think Kansas city wins by about a score. So whatever that window is, you know, I think that's about what. Uh, we're looking at
1: um, yeah and i did pull up the uh over under for that game and it's they have it at uh, according to sports line uh they have it at 56 points okay. okay um and they said that six of the past seven super bowls that have had a total of 50 plus points have gone under going back to 2001 um so uh i think that that is still a bet that i would take over though i would take over 56
0: Interesting. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely going under on it. Um, but I think it'll be close to that. So that's obviously the whole point. I mean, you know, Vegas has been doing this a while. They, yeah <laughs> They have a pretty good idea of where to set those lines. Um,
1: yeah, because that's a tough line. I I didn't think it is tough, but I mean my projection here is up to 65 points. So that's I feel pretty good that I'll take the over. Yeah.
0: Um, so that's gonna be our show for tonight, guys. Um, we will be back early in the week here with another campus life the college side of our two shows. If you guys haven't gotten reviews in, we are doing the drawing next week on one of the two shows for the JK Dobbins sign Jersey. So if you haven't gotten to review in yet, you have a couple of days to do that. Um, and we will do that live on the air and we will actually, will. so we record all these, um, through a program that allows you to put on YouTube and we were doing that for a while, but, um, we, we haven't been the past couple of weeks. We're going to do the next one and we're going to record it and put it on YouTube. It'll be on there live too. I mean, not that we have like a set time that we do the show. So right. uh,
1: we can tweet but, it out,
0: but just so that everybody like everything's above board. Um, we'll show everybody my, I will, I'll share my screen and I'll show everybody the entries into the, the drawing so that there are no questions about impropriety or anything else like that. Um, the only person that we're going to drop is that we are going to make Felix's chance of winning virtually non-existent. <laughs> Other than that, everybody will have an even <laughs> chance to win.
1: Uh, yeah, I think it's safe to say at this point that with our usual campus life show coming on Sundays, um, but with the Super Bowl this week, you know, it's a little bit in flux right now. We may record tomorrow morning and not drop till Monday. We may record Monday. We're not entirely sure yet, but look for that early in the week. but with that being early in the week, I think probably Canton Bound uh, will be the episode that we'll drop it on. So look for for that on Thursday or Friday. Yeah,
0: yeah, that that's probably the most uh, likely at this point. Um, I think that's all for general housekeeping. Uh, yep. So until next week, until after the Super Bowl. And this is Austin, and this is Colin. Go Chiefs!